something that uh, is, I think, affects a lot of people, more people than we actually know. It's time for our masterclass. And today we're speaking to a very special guest, Tanwifuka Shabalala, who's the 2019 Toastmasters International Speech Contest winner of District 14. Tanwifuka, good, good afternoon. Welcome. Thanks for coming in in the cold. Uh, good afternoon, Yuveka. Thank you for having me on board. And I must say, I don't know about you, right, but I've been doing radio and television for almost 30 years now. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I can stand in front of a camera, obviously millions watching, hopefully there were millions watching, (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, sit behind this mic. But when people ask me to MC, I used to hate it. Mm. Absolutely hate it. When you ask me to come do a wedding, people ask me to MC funerals, to MC a funeral, I used to hate it. It used to be my worst nightmare. I'd be like, why give somebody else a chance? It was just that standing in front of actual people, for me, was just a thing. Yep. So before we get to your story and, and, and just what it is like for you and how you get past that, and there are many people who hate public speaking. They're wonderful. They can chat. They can sit here with me probably behind this microphone like you are and have a wonderful chat, but put them in front of a hall, you know, uh, full of people, and there's a problem. Mm. Let's start firstly with... What is Toastmasters? Because a lot of people out there actually don't actually know what Toastmasters is. And congratulations, by the way. <laughs> I know it's been many years, but yes. Congrats. It has been a few years. So let me tell you about Toastmasters Please. a little bit as a way to start our conversation. So I'm a member of Toastmasters, have been since 2015. Mm-hmm. And what Toastmasters is, is a communication organization. Okay. So as an organization, it's a non-profit. It helps people gain confidence in public speaking and mm-hmm. interpersonal communication. Right. So, so how to become a member? Uh, becoming a member is quite easy. Mm-hmm. You firstly have to find a club. Uh, hopefully, you come to my club, Morningside Toastmasters. Ah, okay. And you can find a club in the website, toastmasters.org. And then from there, you search by your proximity and you'll find a Toastmasters club. Okay. And then you visit the club. If it's the club for you and you like the atmosphere and the vibe, then you approach one of the, uh, of the membership vice presidents mm. and then they will sign you up. So, what made you join? Oh, Joanna did it. Who? <laughs> Joanna. Who's Joanna? <laughs> so I need to take you back to 2001. Right. Tell us your story. <laughs> so in 2001, um, I just came from a boys' school. You know? okay. uh, one of those boys' schools that wear black and white blazers, you know, mm-hmm. neat and tidy. Mm-hmm. And I go to varsity. And I get there and I realize for the first time that I cannot speak to girls. Just never had to practice. Oh, right. you couldn't speak to girls in particular. Mm, okay, well, that's understandable. Yeah, not for me. Not for me when I'm a... a <laughs> With that face. I mean, come on. <laughs> I couldn't. So, so what made me change was, was seeing Joanna for the first time. So oh. we are at the Senate House stairs, which uh-huh. is the main entrance into Vits, and she walks down these stairs, and I can see her. She's like wearing this black and white pocket of blouse, um, a red pencil skirt. She had a mohawk. In 2001, before we knew what more Gosh, she was were. ahead of her time. Yeah, so yeah. I, I got obsessed with Joanna and I thought I need to learn how to talk to Joanna. Yeah. Right? And that started my interpersonal communication and eventually to Toastmasters because of that one little moment coming down Senate House stairs. So that was 2001. Yes. And you joined Toastmasters when? In two, 2015. So it took me. So uh, what happened with Joanna in between? <laughs> Sorry, I know we're going completely over, but what happened with Joanna? Did you eventually speak to her? Yes, I did. Uh, okay. It took me six months, uh, but I found a group of guys that always had people around them. So yeah. whenever they were, there was a group and there was laughing and then there was center. So I asked them to 
show me like how do you do this yeah and then we trade it uh taught the match they taught me social sciences <laughs> as they call it <laughs> right and i picked up some skills and eventually i did approach joanna uh-huh. uh didn't turn out the way i expected i'm sorry because i approached and i was like you know using every trick of the trade i'm yeah. like hi joanna um i love that mohawk it shows that you are absolutely brave soul who you know would do things that are out of the ordinary. yeah yeah right? wherever did you get the idea you know because you're supposed to Played like tennis, right? Yeah, yeah. She looked at me, paused for a second. All the friends looked at me, and then she said, "You got a lisp." Aww. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Well, you know what? I can tell you, you're an amazing storyteller. Mm. So Joanna missed out. Is she still a friend? Is she still in your life? Is she still around? I see you on Facebook from time to time. Oh, okay, you see her on Facebook. Well, look at you <laughs> now. And you know what? A lisp is a very cute thing. There's nothing wrong with it, actually. But. <laughs> And that's Joanna. Well, Joanna, you lost out because <laughs> look, he won. He was we won the in, in, in 2019. So, so you are a storyteller. What? Tell us what what Toastmasters actually did for you. I mean, mm. it's not obviously just about learning to overcome a fear mm. or get past that little barrier when you want to talk to someone. I mean, I'm, I must admit, when I first heard of it years ago, I just pictured people raising champagne glasses for some reason. <laughs> for me, that was like, what that Toastmaster? I can do that at home by myself. <laughs> but what? What do you actually do? When you sign on, what happens every, what you go weekly, monthly, what happens? So every club is different. So let me take you back to what Toastmasters does and yeah. we can see why the clubs are different. Yeah. Uh, public speaking is, is like a muscle, right? The more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah. Right? If you don't use it, then it atrophies and then you, you can't speak in public as well as you, you could. Mm. So what Toastmasters does is they provide a weekly, sometimes by monthly, it depends on the club, uh, a place for you to practice your public speaking. So okay. you get assignments, and the assignment is um, special occasions. You are speaking at a wedding, right? You are giving the best man speech. Okay. Right? Then you write out a speech for the best man speech, and you deliver it to the club, mm-hmm. and you get feedback instantly. Okay. So the members then say, look, um, at this section here, you were nervous and you didn't use techniques to overcome those nerves. So this yeah. section here, you forgot your line and you got hung up on it instead of moving on mm, so that mm. you can finish the message. Mm. Here, you were unclear and then you get that feedback and that feedback is what allows you to become better and better. Yeah. Right. So it's an environment where we go, practice our public speaking with a structured program and then get better over time as we practice. And then obviously there's a competition at some point. Oh, and, that's, and you won one of them. That's my favorite part. That's so not, favorite, yeah. not everyone competes. You don't have yeah. to compete. It's optional. Okay. Uh, but yes, once a year there's a competition worldwide. Yeah. So it starts off at your club and you compete within the club. And eventually you're competing for Africa. Eventually you're competing for the world champion. Sure. Mm. And you won the international one, hey? Oh, uh, no, I didn't make it to the world champion, but okay. I won the Southern Africa. So South, it's okay. From, from it's still international. <laughs> yes. It's all of South Africa. Yeah. So it's from Cape Town up to Malawi. It's, it's international. <laughs> I'm going to say it's international. Well done to you. And do you still go? Yes, every second Thursday. But so, why do you need to go now if you've already like such a such an expert at it? Muscle. If okay. I don't exercise it, I lose if it. If you don't exercise the muscle. So I'll give you an example. During COVID, I stopped going to the club and I, I was online because, you know, we all went online. Yeah. And then I found myself making very basic mistakes after a while. So mm-hmm. I would present to the board um, and I would make mistakes uh, that I would not normally make if I was well versed and practiced. So if you don't... What kinds of mistakes? I mean, where's it, you know, I'm just thinking, if you're talking, having a conversation, how bad can a mistake be? Did you use bad words? <laughs> no, nothing <laughs> of that sort. So you must remember, whenever we speak, we speak for purpose, right? So they, we teach us, they teach us at Toastmasters that you speak either to inform someone or to entertain someone or to, 
inspire or motivate. Okay. All right. So you begin all your talks by understanding what am I trying to do? Am okay. I trying to entertain or inform? All right. When you make a mistake is when you misjudge your, your audience. In my case, I misjudged my audience. I thought this type of person would be in here. I got lazy. I didn't check. And then I came in there with my material, didn't match the audience. I would not normally do that. Can I ask what the audience, I mean, where was it corporates? Were they bankers? Were they, <laughs> I don't know, Worse church people? What engineers. Hey? Engineers. Engineers. Followers. And okay, so you misjudged it. Mm. Okay. So with engineers and that type of person, you come with thousand stats. They need stats. They need to know the cultural references, where you come from, right? Okay. Whereas if it's a sales meeting with CEOs, they actually want to see the bottom line. They want to see the story, how it fits in together, the big picture. Mm, All right, mm, it's a very mm. different audience to prepare for. And I prepared for one audience and got another. I would never, never have made a mistake if I was well-practiced. Okay. So I fell apart and I was like, nope, I'm going back. Okay. I need to refresh your skills. Shame. So did, did it take you, did it really hit you hard that uh, when, when that happened? Previous champion. Falling apart like that. <laughs> what if it was COVID? You had a good excuse. Well, your COVID is our excuse for everything. We're going to do that. But I mean, I was uh, just, just, just looking at some of the info in front of me here. You know, it's uh, apparently surveys show that between 72 to 75% of the population fears public speaking. Is mm. that something you've come across? I mean, ha have you seen it? Have you seen somebody who looks absolutely confident mm. and looks like, you know, all polished up and looks like they are just the guy or the gal and then they just can't do this. Have you seen it? Have you seen it happen in front of you? Definitely. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld puts it another way. He says that um, during a funeral, right, um, more people are afraid of public speaking at the funeral yeah. than being the person that's in the coffin. Yes. Right? Wow. So that's okay. <laughs> Only Jerry could do that. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, we have seen it. We actually see it quite a lot in our clubs. Someone would walk into a club uh, with an absolute fear of public speaking. And then we would normally start them gently, start off with easy topics, talking about themselves because you can't forget who you are. Yeah. And yeah. then from there, start working on their, the areas where they need the most help. Yeah. So uh, if we find someone that doesn't have the techniques to handle uh, an audience, we start teaching them techniques on how, how do you handle an audience of that size? Yeah. Right. Um, what happens when you forget your line or you stumble? Yes. For, for example, your earlier guest, um, I think it was Mabuja. Oh yes. Oh, you do, oh, yes. When we're talking about our tax issues, you're talking about uh, Madimecha, yes. Madimecha, yes. yes. So your earlier guest ums quite naturally. So every sentence yes. starts with um, yeah. and then he says a sentence. But you can see when he's nervous or when he's going to his references to collect the answer because he goes um, 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 yeah. um, 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 then gets to the answer. So that's a technique. You can learn to get rid of that. Okay. Right. You know I'm, he's never going to come back now. He's listening on the way home, right? Thanks for that. I'm <laughs> sorry. I spoke to him outside. He, he's good. <laughs> okay. You gave him a tip. Yes. Okay, wonderful. So that's the kind of thing you get from a club. Okay. Um, someone looks at you and says, okay, the biggest challenge is here. Let's work on this. Yeah. And then you eliminate one problem. Okay. Right. Then next week you come back and they identify something else and then you eliminate that. Okay. And then over time, you become a better and better speaker. Okay, don't tell me what's mine during the show. You can tell me after 3 o'clock. <laughs> don't tell me now. You'll tell me after 3 o'clock. I've but got a long list. Oh, I can see. I saw you writing. I saw you writing quite furiously there. So there's a name for this phobia, yeah? Public yes. speaking? Yes, there is. What's it called? Uh, sorry, I can't, I can't get it from the top of my head, but there uh, is a name for it. Let me see if I can find it on my... Oh, yes, here it is. It's gloss, glossophobia. Glossophobia. Refers to a strong fear of public speaking. Mm -hmm. It is a specific type of phobia, an anxiety disorder characterized by a persistent and excessive fear of an object or situation. Mm. So, yes, I think glossophobia, if you didn't know, 
that that's what you have, it is glossophobia. If you if if, it's, if it makes you like sweaty, and it really really makes you feel frozen and mm. you cannot carry on. And what's that tip? I mean, you know that famous that that tip about. Um, you know, just picture everybody in the room naked. You know, <laughs> doesn't work for me. <laughs> okay, so what techniques did they tell you? So with with phobias, there's there's a range. There's someone who's uh, mildly phobic, and there's someone who's clinically phobic who actually needs to get psychologists help to, mm. to solve the problem. So in Toastmasters, we we normally say everyone gets butterflies in the stomach. Yes. Right? Some people's butterflies are stronger than others. You know, yeah. They beat against your stomach and make you sweat. Others are just mild, mild rumbling. Right? So that's a nerves. So what we learn to do is not get rid of the butterflies. I'm nervous as we speak now. But Why? I, because I care about what oh, I'm talking okay. about. Okay, so I'm and not the, scaring you anything. No. Okay. And the more you care about something, the more you want it to go, right? So the more nervous you become and you can work yourself into a cycle if you don't know how to exit the cycle. Yeah. Right? yeah. So what gets taught in a Toastmasters club is not get rid of butterflies, but make them fly in formation. Ah. Now they behave themselves. I like that. Make them fly in formation. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with butterflies. No. There's nothing wrong with butterflies. Okay. okay. All right. So if you have a question for Tandra Fika, he's our amazing storyteller. He's our Toastmasters international winner. Please do give us a call 011-883-0702 or WhatsApp us or voice note us 072-702-1702. I see we already have Reggie in Pretoria who's been holding on for some time. Uh, hi there, Reggie. Yes, Rebecca. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And uh, your uh, Good afternoon to your guest as well. Yes, it's uh, Tandra Fika's here. Yes, he's here. He's all yours. Yeah, lovely, lovely. So I just want to make a comment with regards to what your guest has said in terms of, you know, you need to keep your muscle firm. So you need to keep practicing to make sure that you don't lose on that skill. Yes. So I just want to share my experience because the same thing happened to me because I used to, I think four years ago, I used to do a lot of public speaking, usually mm-hmm. the, the job that I was doing. So I got another job, four years ago, I mean, four years ago, yes, then I stopped doing that. I was no longer doing that. But now, that requires that do the same. So mm-hmm. I, I noticed that I struggled with the first two, three sessions, but it kept improving after every session. Then I realized, you know what? Practice actually is very important. Uh, I, I could see the huge difference when mm-hmm. I needed to do it now because I didn't do it for a very long time. Yes. So yeah, I agree with him that to keep that, you need to do a lot of practice. Let me add to that, Reggie. So not only practice, uh, but practice where you can be assessed. Eventually, you learn how to self-assess and see where your problems are. But initially, most people don't know where their problems are. And, and that's why we go to clubs like that. Because someone else looks at your problems long enough for you to be able to identify your own problems and say, oh, I could have done better there, I could have done better there. Right. But you did uh, 100% right. It it takes practice and stay practice because it's a muscle that you will lose if you don't use it. If you don't use it. Mm. Is, is there a lot of demand for public speaking, Tandwifika? I mean, you know, uh, yes, of course, you know, like somebody like Rele Bukhile or me or John or Bongani will get, you know, uh, sort of p- people want you to come MC mm. things and you get family members who want you to MC things for free, you know, <laughs> weddings and all of that and or christenings and w- or whatever else there is. Um, you know, it, but other than that, mm. I mean, 
public speaking, when, when, we, when we talk about public speaking, it's not just about being at a function or, or you know, some big event. It could be somebody just addressing a board meeting. Yes. Does, is, is that exactly what we're talking about? And, 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 and those are the people that fall under this, um, this topic as well. Uh, my mentor used to say that we were all born public speakers. Yeah. Right? Some of us just get better at it. Mm. Right? And the reason he says that is if you're addressing an audience of three or more, you're already speaking in public. Ah, okay. Right now, it could be very informal, like at a bry where you have your friends and you're telling them stories yeah. and entertaining them. The purpose there is entertaining and it's informal, but it's public speaking. Yeah. Or it could be extremely formal, like a lecture or you're speaking in parliament and the audience there is expecting you to inform them or persuade them. Yeah. Right. Uh, still, it's public speaking. So there's a whole range. Um, it could be social. So I mentioned earlier on a wedding. Mm. Um, a funeral. All mm. these are social things that require us to speak in, in public, whether informal or formal, but the range of public speaking is great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, we sometimes fall into the trap of thinking only corporate does public speaking. Mm. It's everybody. Yeah. My mother was, uh, still is, a very good storyteller. So that, sure? that's, that's where we picked up from. Yeah. Um, uh, when, we, when I was growing up, our TV would go off. I good. still don't have a TV in my house. Good, right? good, good. Uh, because we are expected to talk to one another. So she would tell these stories and parables and, you know, from her childhood. And she would have our attention because we would sit there as children listening to her and these stories she would tell. That is public speaking. She's not getting paid for it, but yeah. that's public speaking. So you come from a family of storytellers and public speakers now, if we have to put it in that, in that, in the context of that. That's great. My sister's a teacher. My mother's a teacher. Oh, <laughs> wow. A teacher. Okay. Well, and both my parents are teachers. Teacher. They're public speakers. <laughs> and you're shaping minds. Okay. Elizabeth in four ways has been holding on. Hi, Elizabeth. Hello. Thank you so much for talking to me. Um, may I please ask Tonda Fika if Toastmasters will help you learn how to present better? So, in other words, mm. business skills, business communication. Mm. Mm. Uh, thank you for the question, Elizabeth. Uh, to answer that question, that is the core. That, that that is the core of what we do in Toastmasters. So, if you choose a path, we have things called paths, depending on what you want okay. as an outcome. So, you choose a path that aligns with the outcome that you want from a Toastmasters club, and then that path will lead you through exercises that get you better and better. It. So, presentation mastery is one of the paths that we have, and what that allows us to do is to put you in scenarios that you would come across in the business workplace. Mm. For example, you'd have to do a presentation where you use slides and visual aids. Yes. Um, you'd have to do a presentation where it's impromptu, where you are unprepared. It's a question that's asked from you and you answer as mm. if you are in that setting. Right. So all of that prepares you for presentation mastery. By the time you finish the path, you should be at a stage where you see a great improvement in yourself uh, from the time you started to the time you finished, if you're doing it honestly. Okay. Right. Yes. Yeah, I think it might be helpful, uh, Elizabeth. While we still, I mean, uh, are you able to tell us where you work and 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 what your work is? Yes, I am in. I'm a real estate agent, and I'm in property. So presentations are really important. Oh right? boy, yes. As <laughs> is persuasive, as is persuasive communication, and that's really why I was interested to find out a bit more about Toastmasters. Mm. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, Tandafika, maybe you can share with us a little bit more about where to find you 
at some point if it's allowed. Thank you. No, absolutely. Be- before we actually mm. wrap up, uh, we'll, 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 he'll, he'll give out his information. But, I mean, we're looking at sales here, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of, if I have to put it yes. in that way. Yes. I mean, that's what you're in. And I think sales, you think it's sometimes it's one-on-one. We often think of salespeople as, you know, okay, we're going to con someone into spending money. But it's, it's actually what powers of persuasion, uh, I think, is what we're talking about. And, and I think it's, it's, it's very interesting that someone like Elizabeth would call in. I mean, you know, a state agent, that kind of thing. And Toastmasters can help. I find, I, I find that fascinating. I thought it was only for like, you know, other things, like rooms full of people. And emceeing. And emceeing. And drinking champagne. And drinking champagne. <laughs> Elizabeth, good luck. And yes, you will, we will provide details. Um, and, um, and and yeah, uh, be sure to catch those details as well. Mm. All right, we've got um, Veronica in Santon. Hi, Veronica. Hi, how are you? Hi to your listeners. Hi, Tandavika. Hello. Yes, I have a question for you. My question is that how can you advise one to prepare for a speech? Do you advise that I write a speech and I read through it? Or is there other techniques that you can advise us with? And my second question, do you do personal coaching for public speaking? Okay. Um so let's address your first question. How um, does Veronica. one prepare for a speech? Yeah. How do you actually prepare a speech? Yeah. So there's a series of steps that you go through when preparing for a speech. Um, I, I spoke about the earlier one, knowing your audience. Who are you speaking to? That's part of the preparation steps you would yes. take. Uh, the second one is knowing what you actually want to say. What, what, what's the point you're trying to make? When you leave there, what do you want people to know? Because yeah. your entire script, script, uh, speech is going to be crafted around that. Yeah. So once you have those two, then you apply the rest of the steps, which require them to flesh it out, add anecdotes. So I would write it initially as I'm getting better at writing speeches. Uh, eventually, uh, you get to a point where you don't write it word for word. You yeah, just you don't write the, write the entire points. speech. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You just write the bullet points of what you want to address, and then you address it that way. But a lot of people are intimidated by that. And it's easier to actually write it out and then memorize a little bit of blocks of paragraphs as to what you want to say. Yeah. Uh, that's one way to make sure that you start strong and finish strong. Because if you forget what the bullet point was for, um, it, it, it's kind of challenging. You it's going to throw track. you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I would suggest in the beginning, write them out. But as you get better and better at delivering speeches, you can do bullet points that remind you of what it is mm-hmm. you want to say. As long mm-hmm. as you rehearse first. Right. Yeah. Uh, rehearsal is important, especially in the beginning. Once you get very good, uh, rehearsal can drop a bit, uh, but you still need rehearsal. Here's an interesting fact. Do you think Vusi Tembawai re- uh, rehearses his speeches? Ish, I just think he's a natural. <clears throat> Every last one of the speeches he delivers are not only rehearsed once, but multiple times with media and his team that flip the slides so he knows at which point to flip the slides. Uh-huh. So if a professional like that still rehearses, Right, uh, we think we can just walk in an environment and wow everyone with cheap brilliance. It actually requires a bit of preparation. Did you just it. give away his secret now? <laughs> Is he still going to be your friend? He, he talks about it. He okay. talks about it in public about <laughs> rehearsing. Um, All right, and he's also had a program similar to Toastmasters that he was a oh. member of that okay. taught him how to do this. Uh, okay, this great. Stuff. All right, Veronica, does that answer your questions? Definitely. Thank you very much, Sandeepika. Uh, are you available for personal coaching and public speaking? Do you do? That outside Toastmasters, or you, we can only find you in Toastmasters. 
Not anymore, Veronica. I used to I used to do that quite a bit. Uh, the reason not anymore is demand got greater than my current job rely, uh, allows me to do. So now I have a full time you know contract that keeps me occupied all day. So it's harder and harder for me to do private coaching. But I am, am available at the Toastmasters Club every second Thursday, uh, Morningside Toastmasters. Okay. You can find it on Toastmasters.org. Look for Morningside Toastmasters. Okay. Morningside Toastmasters. And okay. I'm there every second Thursday. All right. We'll leave it there for now. We've got to head on over to Eyewitness News, find out what's happening in the news, and then we'll be back with the Tango Speaker at 3 to 6. 702. Masterclass. Yep, and let's carry on with this Masterclass with the, the wonderful storyteller that he is and public, is it orator, orator? What's the right word? Orator. Orator, yes, yes. Tanwe Fika Shabalala is the 2019 Toastmasters International Speech Contest winner of District 14. He's here to help you with your issues with public speaking and help you get over those phobias or tell you what you can do uh, to just get better. And I'm looking at a little more stats here, uh, Tanwe Fika, and it says 89.4% of people with social anxiety conditions, and social anxiety is quite a serious issue, had a fear of speaking publicly in this uh, one survey that was conducted. 61% claimed that public speaking improved their career opportunities, and that reminds me of our call yes. Uh, earlier, yes, um, and uh, saying uh, talking about how this can actually help your your career and then 10 percent of the population actually loves public speaking so as much as i said i actually didn't like it when i was sort of doing news and i was you know you know you know news people it's very hard to get get out mm-hmm. of that news mode and whatever i have found since i left news that i am actually i actually now love it mm-hmm. i like emceeing i barely prepare I barely prepare. I, I just go there and like you say, you read the crowd and you do things and you just depend on your sense of humor. Mm. Hopefully you find someone you can pick on in the crowd, <laughs> even if it's the bride or the groom. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, you just find that person and you know, but the hardest part for me and why I did hate emceeing, and I'm going to say this, I did hate emceeing weddings, especially when it came to Indian weddings, is that people expected you to always have a joke. Yes. And, and, I, and I want to know about that because... In Toastmasters, does that come up that you must always have a joke? Should there be a joke, or just the, what what kind of humour? Mm. Or should you be should you read the crowd and say this crowd is not going to laugh at anything you're going to say, so don't even bother? <laughs> so humour is quite in, important in speech making. Uh, in fact, I'm doing a path now uh, called Humorously Speaking, and it focuses ah. on injecting humour into your talks. Okay, great. Uh, part of the reason is I'm a very serious guy, and I, I struggle with humour, believe it or not. Uh, so I don't believe that, but anyway. <laughs> so all the humour I inject has to be pre-prepared, otherwise I struggle to find humorous uh, material to work with. Okay. Uh, when, when, when you are writing humour, right, it's important to know the audience. Right. A joke that will land with engineers mm. right, is very mm. different from one that will land with homemakers or in a social setting. Yeah. Right. So everyone wants to laugh. And if you can find the humor in something specifically niched for that type of audience, then they will adore you for it. You, you, you have their attention, yeah. you have their love, yeah. they will stay with you to the end of your presentation or your speech. And that kind of goes back to your research, I think, instead of knowing what their job entails. You don't have to know everything. Mm. But knowing exactly what, whatever type of engineer they are, mm. like knowing that, okay, you know, this, this is where, this is what they struggle with, or they have colleagues who irritate them on a certain level, or these are the questions they hate to be asked. So it's nice to, if possible, I would imagine, mm. just kind of figure out exactly what that job actually entails, rather than just going there to give the speech about a certain topic. 
not necessarily the job, but the industry. And is, the industry, is yes, yes. I mean, yes, it's all um, in one. If yeah. you gripe about accountants to engineers, you've won them every time <laughs> because that's their worst enemy. Well, okay, yes. Okay, find out who the enemies are too. Okay, yes. and their friends. Yeah. Um, and, and it becomes easier when you know the audience that this is what they dislike and then you can play to that. Yeah. So it, it becomes easy in that once you get used to it. Uh, but going back to the point, humor is absolutely important yeah so for example when john was speaking earlier on he was he mentioned the the kitchen nightmares or yes the kitchen yeah, failures yeah, yeah and immediately i was thinking to myself okay that's a humorous point i can add to this presentation oh, shame. i should have asked you okay <laughs> why don't you put your hand up i would have i'm gonna tell you now okay tell so me. my kitchen failure uh, uh the worst one it was actually quite a dangerous one too so it oh, happened dear. when i was younger and a bachelor and living by myself mm. and i would come home from these um epic you know nights out um I'm hungry so one of the days i decided you know i'm, I'm too hungry to to sleep so i'm gonna cook yeah all right so i put you know some food on the stove yeah and i immediately fall asleep so i wake <laughs> up and the house is absolutely covered in smoke luckily nothing caught a fire yeah so it's just yeah. smoke yeah uh, but it made me realize quite how dangerous that is yes. so i had to give up one thing either going out at night or give up the cooking at night yeah. um i give up the cooking at night because going out was still right just, just do what normal people do hit the drive-through on the way home what is wrong with you now i do that yeah. as well who goes home to cook <laughs> thank goodness joanna you had a lucky escape that mohawk would have been on fire would have been destroyed completely or <laughs> smell like burnt chicken oh you know that mohawk would have smelled like burnt chicken for days for days for days all right so injecting humor is it and and i mean is it a must in every speech though i mean obviously look even sometimes at a funeral you know you want to talk about mm. you, you, you know, whoever the person is funny things that they did it's it's a very tricky thing yes. like you say it's a very tricky thing mm. um how do you even begin to sort of figure out we we, we spoke about engineers and just mm. find out who they was who their enemies are and all of that but if you kind of doing a general kind of of of, of, of chat mm. you don't have to have every two minutes a joke right no. or something no um good in the beginning maybe in the middle and towards the end okay. uh how do you how do you find humor uh, the easiest way to find humor is to mock yourself Oh yeah, make right. fun of yourself yes. yeah yeah self-deprecating humor is yeah. the safest because you're not necessarily um, um, targeting any group in the audience, yes. no one is alienated. So self-deprecation is a good way to 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 get people laughing. Yeah. Right. Just don't go too deep because some people think, oh, he's got issues. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't tell them everything. <laughs> uh, but a, a, a little self-deprecation <laughs> joke is, is not a bad thing. For example, earlier on, we were talking about Joanna. Right. Yeah. I mentioned them from a boys' school. Right. Yeah. I could have extended that into a self-deprecating joke. Yeah. Right. So I could have said something like, and you know, us from boys' schools. We see a girl, we keep quiet, except if they teach her. So I, I could work with something like that. And, oh, and, and I was I was thinking other things that happen at boys' schools, but never mind. <laughs> we on radio. <laughs> we know. Yes. <laughs> uh, so so that's that, that's self-deprecation. The second one is uh, around things that are universal. So uh, pets, children, yeah, uh, um, significant others. Or make fun of your own children. Or situations that they get okay. themselves into. Okay, okay. Right. So, so everyone. As long has, as they're not in the audience. Okay. <laughs> even if they are, it's even worse. It's mortifying. <laughs> so everyone has a child, or has uh, a relative that has a child, or was a child, or knows a child somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So if you talk about something they do, right? That that is clearly what children do. Yeah. Everyone warms up to that. Yeah. Right. And yeah. doesn't matter the audience. Doesn't matter if you're in parliament. In fact, uh, Trevor 
Trevor Manuel was very yes. good at doing yes, this. He, yes, he was. Right. I used to love listening to him. Yeah. I mean, I've, I didn't listen to the rest, but Trevor, yes. <laughs> so all his speeches were injected with humor. And you would think that he's talking about serious topics of taxation and how we're going to deal with the country. Where's the space for humor? But yeah. he found it yeah. because everyone appreciates a bit of humor yeah. when it's injected. And look, parents and in-laws make for wonderful material also, right? And almost everyone has one. <laughs> parents, in-laws and siblings. <laughs> almost everyone has one. Yes, almost everyone has one. And um, what are the absolute no-no? Are like what you wouldn't do for humor. Okay, um, target people. So comedians do this a lot, and they have a license to. Uh, but when you are speaking in public, do not tease others. It's it's, it's a no no. It Aww. will alienate the you audience. You just took away the fun part of what I want, what I do when I do it. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. So just don't pick on someone. Don't, don't pick on people. Um, okay. it, it doesn't age well as well. It stays on the internet forever. Five years from now, <laughs> people will look at the same joke you did and say, "Oh my." goodness he was racist or oh my goodness he was sexist uh, so just don't pick on people okay mm. all right all right well we'll be back if you want to chat to uh, our expert and if you have want to get more tips you've got a couple of moments to do it that's Tandrafika Shabalala on public speaking and Toastmasters and how that helps you and, and, and how to get over your fears how to get over your phobias and don't forget the number 011-883-0702 or WhatsApp us or voice note us 072 702, serving the 702 family in 702 land, including those of you in Irene. South African Prime Minister General Jan Smuts bought a farm in the area in 1908. His wood and corrugated iron home, now the Smuts House Museum, is open to visitors. Irene was the site of British concentration camps where Boer women and children were imprisoned during the Boer War. Today, Irene still retains its rural village feel with tree-lined streets, pastures and a dairy. 702. Let's walk the talk across 702 land, including Irene. Connecting us. 702. Masterclass. And boy, are we having fun with our masterclass this afternoon. I'm Yveka Rangapa in Forella Bukhile. And uh, we are chatting to Tandre Fikesha Balala. You've got a couple of minutes to get in your questions about how to make you a better public speaker, how to help you get over your fears. And I believe there are the three P's of public speaking, Tandre Fika. What are the three P's? Are the there three, three P's? P's? Are there three P's? Okay. Uh, Prepare, practice, and present. Yeah, well, which you've told us all about. Yes. Uh, That's what it is. Different program. We yeah. come up with different acronyms. So in Toastmasters, we actually have a 10-point. Oh, you've uh, got 10. Yeah, well. Okay. <laughs> Can you do them quickly? All right. Uh, so I'll start with the first one. Yeah. I've already mentioned it. Know the purpose. What, what are you talking yeah. about? Right. So either to inform, educate, uh, inspire, or motivate. All right. right. Uh, second one, know your audience. Mm-hmm. Right. Know who you're speaking to. If you don't, you are going to fall apart. Okay. Uh, and your material will be flat and your jokes will not land. Yeah. Right. And they won't invite you back. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Or pay you. <laughs> or pay you. <laughs> yeah. Next one, get to the point. So there's a point to what you want to say. Keep that central and get to it. Don't digress and follow the trail down the road. Just get to the point. What are you trying to say and say what you want yeah. to say. The next one, start and end well. All right. So the opening is where people form perceptions about you. Right. If you are scrambling for papers while you are, you know, got the stand or the podium or the floor, yeah. people are forming a perception of disorganized, yeah. of not being an authority in the topic. They've lost interest in you already, yes. probably. Yeah. So start well. So start off with a bang and yeah. then don't forget to end with a bang. Okay. Re- going over what you had as your main point. Right. Right. The next one is how you say it matters. 
earlier on, I was talking about Joanna. Yes. What color skirt was she wearing? Red. Pencil skirt. Yes. What yeah. color top was she wearing? Oh, I think, would you say white? Black and Black, white. Black and white, yes. yes. Okay. So how you say it matters. Yeah. You, you paint with your words. So you involve the senses. So you describe what people are seeing, what they're hearing when you're anchoring in the scene, what they're tasting, what they're smelling. Mm, mm. Right? That puts someone in the scene so they can imagine with you what you're talking about. Mm. Right. I can taste the burnt chicken from the kitchen that you burnt <laughs> on that good. night. Yeah, okay. Next so one. So how you say it matters. Uh, your body speaks. Mm-hmm. Right. So how you appear bodily-wise tells people how you're feeling internally. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're giving off nervous vibes and you've got your hands clutched together and you're playing with your fingernails, yeah. they, they, they're learning that, oh, they're not confident in the topic. Okay. Right. If you've got your hands by your side and you're comfortable and you're loose and you make nice grand gestures, they're thinking, well, I want a comfort- what a confident person. Yeah. Right. I use my hands a lot. Is that a bad thing? No, it's a good thing okay. if it's intentional. Okay. If it makes or reinforces a point. Okay. So if I say something like around the world and I move my world, hands around the world, yeah. that anchors a point. It tells okay. me I'm talking about that. Now, if I say around the world and I'm, you know, just yeah. moving them yeah. randomly, yeah. it and doesn't, hands in the pockets, yeah, whatever. It doesn't yeah, okay. communicate something. All right. Next is vocal variety. So you'll notice that sometimes I slow it down and I speak a bit softly and sometimes I am excited and speak fast. Yeah. So that vocal variety gets people involved in what you're saying. Okay. So if it's a story and it's an exciting part and she's walking down, you know, it yeah. must be exciting. Yeah. But if it's a sad part and it's the last time that you stand at that funeral talking to the person, you know, it makes a difference. So, so avoid vocal. monotony, yes. basically. So you need okay. to have a variety of uh, <clears throat> vocals. Lastly, the visuals are not the main presentation. You are. Ah. Right. Mistake we often make in business. Yes. Right. So we put up this 100 page deck and we think that is the presentation. Mm. It's not. You are. Right. Those are just visuals to help you get your message across. Okay. What I often do um, in the line of work I do is I prepare two slide decks. I know people are going to ask me for my slide deck. So I prepare the one I want to send them. Okay. And then I trim out all the stuff I don't want to be visually there. Okay. And I present from the one I okay. am presenting from. Okay. When they ask me for it, I send them the original one and they're happy. Okay. Right. So you are the visual aid. Okay. You are the presenter. So look good as well. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then a bonus one on there is you need to practice. Okay. Right. Without practice, you cannot improve. Okay. Right. You cannot accidentally become a great public speaker. Right. Yeah. You're either practicing or amongst people that are good public speakers, so you're learning without realizing it, yeah. but you need that practice. And that segues very nicely to the Toastmasters organization. So it's a place where you can practice. Um, so if you get a chance, go to the website. There's 156 uh, clubs in uh, uh, Southern Africa, okay. and most of them are in Johannesburg. Okay. But right. we'll find you at the morning side one. Morning All side right, we have like a couple of minutes to go through a couple of voice notes. Okay. So I want to get to those. So let's let's hear them. Hi guys, hi Tony Figa. Very interesting topic. Um, I just wanted to find out: Will Toastmaster help you if maybe English is not your first language? And sometimes, even though you've prepared, you find that you struggle with the words or you forget your words and you don't have like replacement words for that. Well, Toastmaster maybe be able to assist in that area. It's interesting because I'm I hate public speaking, but I found myself in, in, in positions where I need to speak, you know, being at a church, being at, um, I'm, I'm a legal practitioner. So it's not something that I intentionally wanted to do, but I find, you know, that yeah, in certain circumstances, yeah, you are forced to speak even if it's not your favorite thing to do. Thank you so much. Hi, my name is Prashani Nankison and I'm currently a Toastmaster as well as a um, district evaluation champion for 
Southern Africa. It is an awesome experience to switch on the radio and hear a fellow Toastmaster sharing what the club means. And I, I just want to say well done. And I also just want to remind everyone that Toastmasters is such a safe space to learn and grow. Whereas often in the workplace we get feedback and it can be in such a hostile way that never builds us up but rather breaks us down. So join a club, experience it and uh, I'm sure you'll definitely have some great things to share if you do. All right. Well, in 30 seconds, can you answer that question about other languages? That, I think that was the one that had the question, yeah? The first so, one. Firstly, she said that she hates public speaking. Yes. If you hate it, it will hate you right back. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> English, past um, 10 international speakers, winners globally, were non-English primary language speakers. Ah, right. So okay. it's transferable into any language. Yes, we hold meetings in English, but you do get bilingual clubs, uh, including French, uh, and you will practice mostly in English, but we do allow for bilingualism. Okay. Yes. So that's where we have to end our masterclass. Quickly, find you Toastmasters Morningside here in Johannesburg. That's where we find you. Great. And me personally, you'll find me on uh, YouTube. So yeah. just look for either... Hadithia Africa, which is my company, or Tanbefiga. Um, on YouTube, you'll find some speeches I've done and other places I've spoken. Absolutely. It's been a wonderful having you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Have a- Want to boost your family's overall health and strengthen their immune system?